You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Well, welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and in life. Hi. I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a change agent and best-selling author of The Changemaker Ripple Effect, a book about how one person's drive, purpose, and boldness can impact thousands. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and strategy. Today, we're going to be joined by Melissa Haveman. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Melissa. Melissa is an executive coach author, certified trainer for Everything DISC, and she's an accredited facilitator for the five behaviors of a cohesive team. Melissa just released her Delete the Doubt online program for writers and creatives. The program helps writers delete their doubt and fear and, most importantly, finish their creative projects. Now, some of you may already know Melissa as a featured speaker on the Assess for Success Grow and retain top talent in nonprofits, where she teaches how everything DISC work of leaders helps look beyond traditional explanation of who leaders are. So, with all of that background and her breadth of experience and knowledge, let's welcome our guest, Melissa Haveman. Melissa, before we dive in and the audience gets to know you, I want to know, as does the audience, what's one non negotiable ritual you do daily that keeps you heading in the direction of your big vision? Oh, uh, this is such a great question. And um, I think for me, it goes back to that idea of questioning. As as coaches, we do that a lot anyway, but it's about being able to question whatever's coming up, whether, and that's part of the Delete the Doubt program, but just questioning what I'm getting. Is the source good? Is it good? Am I responding in the best way? What can I do better? Um, All of those questions um, really make up who I am. So that's kind of how you live your life. Yes. In that questioning mode. So, you know, before you became so adept at everything you do and teaching and writing and coaching and training, how did you get to be doing the work you're doing? What is your backstory, if you will? Oh, goodness. Um, I think I have a story that's probably like so many others where it's been um, an adventure, a little bit of a journey. It, it hasn't taken a linear path by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I went into grad school um, in sociology and was anticipating finishing and working in academia. And I was one of the people who got to ABD status and didn't finish. Um, and if you had told me that when I started, I would have said, oh, no, I'm going to finish and you know it'll all be great. But I was one of those people. I ran out of funding and needed to work full time and just didn't quite ever get back to it. <laughs> and, and then I worked freelance for a long period of time and ended up with an academic publisher, 
um, as their director of content. And, and then made the leap into coaching um, after I had some great experiences with coaching myself. So you experienced coaching firsthand mm -hmm. and then became a coach. Yeah. So what is, um, and I always like to ask this of people who are coaches, because one of the questions people will say when they reach out to have you coach them is, well, I can't afford it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And yet... I know for me, the most value I've gained as a coach is being coached. Yes. So I'm wondering yeah. how that experience was for you. It was amazing. I think it was maybe one of the, probably not the first time, but it was, it, it really, at least in the last um, decade or so, it was probably the first time where somebody really took me and just said, trust yourself. Like you got this. And it was just such an amazing experience of learning how to do that, of how to look at whatever was going on and say, you know what, I can do this, or I, I have the ability to figure out what, what, I, what the path forward is. And I think up until that point, you're, the title of the podcast, um, you know, that no labels thing, I think so many of us do have those labels. And, and people think of us in a certain way, and then it kind of cascades from there. And, and coaching for me was just that experience to, to say, you know what, that label's not me. And, and I can do that. And I can do this in a way that makes sense for me. That's a very freeing place yes. to be. Yes. You know, yeah. I know. And that, I think that's the same thing for me as well. Or it's like, okay, I'm going to get coached, even if it's a coaching for a short period of time in a particular mm -hmm. area. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to figure this out on my own. There's people who oh. do this, who can help, who can look at me and go, oh, Sarah, this is all you need to do, mm -hmm. right? Or, yes. oh, Sarah, <laughs> this is all you need to do. <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, they're in your corner. Yeah. And it's so often, you know, you'll, you'll have those conversations and then it will just be that one question that is something that it, it's just a way that I wouldn't have thought of it or, you know, just makes me think about it in a different way. And I'm like, oh, there's the answer. And that's what I have to do. And, and we're good. And I'm going. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember a time that someone, whether it was in a formal coaching or someone who mentored you, just said, whether it was a question or a statement that to this day, you still go, I still remember that. And when I wonder something, that person's face, maybe not even their statement, pops up for you? Yeah. And I don't know that it's one person and I don't know that I could get to one statement. I, I think it's just more, um, I can remember various coaches that I've worked with along the way who, and it's it's funny, it's almost like I can just almost feel like that light bulb moment where, where I just like, oh, I have it. And and just they're sort of, well, of course you have it. You know, you knew, you know, you have this. And it's just that ability to to figure that out that I that you learn along the way, but that the coach kind of pushes you forward into um a little bit faster than you would have done on your own. <laughs> the operative word being pushed and I'm not you know it's, it's when you're in that place of being a little nervous or worried it's yeah. like a push and yet from the coaching side it's an invitation oh it is and it's at least in my experience those pushes have been they're definitely pushes you're right on that but but they're always gentle and they're always done with the best of intentions and the best you know it's all about the client it's all about helping them get to where they want to be and, and so it is a push, but it's, it's a nice push. <laughs> I like to say it's a loving push. Right. Well, because when you're not in it, 
you're not, I'm like, if I were coaching you, I'm not in your emotional headspace, right? right? I'm not believing yep. the stories you're telling mm-hmm. about yourself. I'm just seeing you and I kind of see you in all your glory. It's like, yeah. are you kidding me? You're totally got this. Yeah. So it's not yeah. a flip thing to say to somebody. It's like, oh. you can see it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of nice to have that and, and it to is. know that's there. Yeah. So that's how you got to be doing the work you're doing. Yeah. Talk to Talk to us about your new course and delete the doubt and fear. I think, you know, specifically, let's start with that course and how it applies mm-hmm. to creatives and writers. Yeah. And then let's talk about how it applies in a, in a larger sense. Yeah. So I came to that. It's really, if you would sum up the one thing, it was probably until I got to coaching. What was the one thing that I would change about myself if I could? And it was always, oh, I wish I had more confidence. If I just had more confidence. The, the world would magically become sad place and I could achieve everything that I wanted to. And I had a couple of moments and it was after coaching and um, I had been through um, a couple of coaching experiences and I got to a spot and I, and there were a few moments where I was showing something I had written to someone and, and they would respond in this well-meaning way, but it was always like, Melissa, you just need to have more confidence. And, and in the back of my head, I was thinking, no, I don't, this is not good yet. And I knew it. And I knew that I needed to, if I could push it forward and if I could question it, and if I wasn't satisfied with where I was at, I could make it into something great. And, and I think it was just those moments of having people just not get it for me, you know, and I, they were very well-meaning and it wasn't anything um, on their purse that was malicious, but it was just you know, coming to that realization that that questioning was a good thing. And, and that so often in society, we're, we're kind of, we, the message that we're given is we just need to be confident. And, and yet doubt is something that's good for us at times, not always, but there are certainly advantages to using it strategically. And so that's sort of the, the birth of where the course came from is this really just moment in my head where I was just like, oh, you just don't get this. And, and then I was like, well, if I'm having this experience, other creatives are having it too. And the more that I talked to other creatives, that was true. So talk a little bit more about how to use doubt strategically versus using it as procrastination. Yeah. So I think that we give doubt a couple of different names. So in writing, there, there's this really interesting meme out there where, where it talks about the creative journey. And it starts out with, oh, this is awesome. And, and then it goes down to, okay, this has some problems. Oh, this isn't very good. I'm not very good. Oh, this might be fixable. This is awesome. And so it really, it was that point at which that it's really number two on that, the, well, this has some problems and this is, not very good. And those are really doubt. I mean, it's really that questioning process of, can I make this better? Is this, you know, is there greater potential here? I can see that it's not very good. Um, How do I make it better? And, and I think we do that in editing and things like that. But so often I find that once we get to that point, and I've done it so many times too, where you get to that point and it's just that straight drop into, I'm not very good. I can't do this. Um, and so it, it's trying to accept that those first parts are going to hurt a little bit, but that if you use them, you're going to wind up with a better 
piece of writing or a better book or a better creative project. But then it's learning how to kind of stop it before it gets to the, oh, I'm bad stage. So can you give a couple examples of how I might do that? You're actually bringing back to me many of the stages I was in when I wrote, right? And it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. I'm not going to send this Uh, in. No. Um, And I can't, I mean, I clearly have blocked out that because I'm going, yeah, I can't remember. So talk a little bit about the, is that an internal practice that we go through to, to challenge that? Or what are some of the tips for folks? Because it it may apply to writing. It may apply to Mm -hmm. trying something different. Yeah. So I think for me, uh, it is all about questioning. If you can, it's asking questions about whatever you're doing. So and kind of taking stock is, you know, can I make this better? Is there an idea that would work better here? Um, if I'm writing, it's, does this organization make sense? Does this, you know, would this work better there? What if I switched it over here? And, and learning to, to you and ask, use and ask those questions um, in ways that let you see the project in different ways and, and play around with it a little bit and then figure out how it best fits. So sort of like putting a puzzle together a little bit. And then learning that when it starts to shift to the I language, you're often in a slipping into that self-doubt. So if it starts to become, you know, the, oh, I can't do this. I'm not a good writer. I, you know, I'm not a writer because I don't write every day or anything like that. Then then it's bumping it back up and and shifting into um, using some of the strategies to get you back into creative doubt. Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. So one way for me then, or for anybody to, to check where they are in that process is like how I'm even framing my questions, yep. right? Yeah. The one I noticed about when you asked those questions too is they're very objective, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this does this outline flow? Is the content make sense? Could yeah. it be better this way, right? Those are things you could either look mm-hmm. at yourself or if you're stuck, ask someone to say, uh, "Do you have suggestions?" Right? Because yeah. if I say to you, "Melissa, do you think I'm a writer?" That's subjective. Yeah. Right. So oh. there's no good answer to that. Right. It's like that. Do I look good in this outfit? It's yes. like, but I'm jo- I'm joking a little bit. But really, the choice of words we ask yeah. our questions with reflect yep. for me. So kind of, where's yeah. my headspace in? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, am I looking for encouragement mm-hmm. or really some help? You know. Yep. So so now let's just say I've kept going on on my writing project. Where's the you know the piece of actually finishing it. How do we get over that piece instead of saying, oh, later? Right. Yeah. That's, you know, it's funny because we, if you talk to writers, we'll talk a lot about procrastination. We'll talk a lot about um, writer's block and and all of those things that stop you and stall you and keep you from finishing. And and a lot of it, once you get down to it, is doubt. It's that I, I don't know if I can do this. And there's the fear of doing it, the fear of failure. Um, and creative work is at its core. You have to risk rejection if you're going to create anything, because anything that we create in that artistic sphere is always subjective. And so someone's always going to love it and someone's always going to hate it. 
And so anytime you put something out there, you're always going to be risking rejection. And so that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to, to kind of get over. So yeah, I mean, in the course, we talk about different strategies. Once you know you're in that spark, spot where you're starting to stall and, and you want to stop and it's because it's doubt or it's fear. And, and then, you know, there are a whole bunch of strategies and it's really about um, in typical coaching fashion, figuring out which strategies work for you. So I've included some that don't work for me at all. Some people do a lot of journaling, for example, and, and we'll do write in journal in third person. And, and that kind of helps them bump over that doubt, something I can't do. I can't stick with it. But I use my character strengths a lot. Um, humor is a great one for me. I'm always, you know, pulling that one out. If something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, laugh about it and move on type of thing. Or, um, you know, just kind of pushing yourself to, to do that small action, that first step, just one thing that moves you forward. And then, you know, typically you're already on that road. Um, once you take that first step, you kind of keep moving. And then you can just keep using those strategies to get to the end. I love the concept of journaling, except I, when it comes to writing, I'm thinking, isn't that ironic? I can't write, but I could journal. <laughs> Hello. That's one of those yes, questions I yes. ask myself. I think, okay, Sarah, what's really going on? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not having any trouble writing here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds to me, Melissa, that you know what you're talking about has even broader application. Mm-hmm. In, and I'm just thinking about the shifts. So for Folks listening, if you're binge listening to this months from now, who knows what the world will be like. But right yeah. now, as we're recording it, it's, it's March 2020, and people are working remote. They're, maybe it's for the first time. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of change going on and worry. So yeah. this, to me, sounds like many of your takeaways would apply to either people who have their own businesses or leading other people and yeah. needing to make decisions. Do you see an application there? Oh, I do. I use this all of the time in my business. I will joke about people that I need to go work my own program. Um, sometimes when, when I'm just feeling the doubt about something and, you know, those same strategies that I led when I used when I was leading teams, it's the same strategies that I use in my business, it's the same strategies that I use um, in my personal life. If, you know, I start to feel doubt, something there. So it is, it's a, it's a broader application. It, you know, so many of those strategies um, work regardless of what you're working on. So one of the things that you offered, you know, is that if folks want to learn more about you, you've actually offered um, a kind of a giveaway you would give folks listening to this podcast. But before you talk about that, talk about your creatively centered business because it won't, the dots won't all connect otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So it, so it's kind of funny for me to talk about this. I'm such a creative um, when, when I try to talk about this because I have like little areas um, of things that I do. So um, part of it is I work with writers or aspiring writers um, and, and we work with deleting the doubt and we work with finding resilience, which is another thing that's really important right now is, um, you know, the conversations that I'm hearing um, on social media from all of my writer friends are just like, I can't write. Like I have deadlines, but I can't write right now. There's just too much going on. And, and so it's about, you know, finding a practice and finding what works for you and finding that resilience. Um, so that's sort of the author piece, the writing piece that I do. And then I also work with teams and leaders with everything DISC and the five behaviors 
and that can be, um, yeah, just a variety of things. I, I love team development that comes from my sociology background and, and studying group dynamics and all of that um, just sort of flows into it and, um, and facilitating and, and doing all of that. So, yeah. And I do, yeah, a little bit of, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, various focuses there, team development and remote professionals. Um, I've worked remote for about 20 years. So it, this is, um, it's funny to hear all of the new conversations about this because it's something I've done for so long and helping businesses kind of develop some remote policies and, and think through issues. How do you manage remote? That's something I think we haven't quite maybe got to starting to see some of those conversations where it's like, oh yeah, this isn't quite as easy as maybe I thought it would be, or, you know, how do you do that in a way that builds trust among teams and keeps productivity high and, and getting those results and things like that. That's so valuable to remember um, because I'm remote, right? Mm -hmm. And I've worked remote for a number of years as well, but now it's primarily, unless I'm on site doing retreats or trainings Mm -hmm. or, you know, planning. But um, what's interesting with the team part of it, Melissa, is that your team is remote, but I also, depending on where you are, like, are you the leader of the team or a Mm -hmm. team member? People can be hesitant in reaching out because they don't want to bug you. Yeah. Bug in quotes, right? I don't want to bug Melissa. I know she's busy. And yet that whole piece about, okay, when are we going to talk? And please, you know, reach out because once you get that synergy going, it starts to flow better, Mm -hmm. but it's not as easy as being in an office shoulder to shoulder with someone where they can come by and say, Hey, can you, do you understand this? And they're showing you a document. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to be so much more intentional about it. I think that's one of the things that, that I found um, both working as a, a team member um, on various remote teams and, and leading remote teams, it, it's just that intentionality of communication. Um, you know, you have to make the time and the effort and and make sure that it's happening where, you know, if you're in an office, it, it happens a little bit more naturally than, hey, we have to schedule a meeting and, and we have to do that in a non-scary way so that you all don't freak out that I'm, you know, going to give you bad news or anything. And yeah, and, and figure out how to do that regularly and um, make it so that it's a, a productive time for everyone. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I mean, it, and I had my business meeting this morning. I said, you know, I know it's annoying for people because I'm typically optimistic, right? It can be really crummy day and I'm going, well, there's a silver lining right. and I'll find it. Yeah. This really, as scary as folks are, scared as folks are right now and the challenges, mm-hmm we're all having to stretch and be a little uncomfortable. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? Because it gets us out of the status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been, and I do have the pleasure and privilege of being on the back end calls, people coming together saying, how do we respond? What's the best way to respond to help? So that's a bonus that I get that kind of conversation and information. But I also believe that when we're done stretching, that metaphorical rubber band is mm-hmm. going to come back, but not as small as it used to be. Yeah. And we will have yeah. new skills. And so when you talk about having to be more intentional, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a good thing that I'm intentional yeah. Yeah. when I communicate. Yeah. And that's a stretch for me because <laughs> I just think everybody <laughs> should just be in my head and go, well, of course. So, um, Working remote and having a remote team has made me stretch. Yeah, um, yeah. But it it makes you a stronger person, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So, 
So how, you know, you mentioned that folks who want to maybe check out the Delete the Doubt course that you could provide a discount code for folks. Is that sure. still yeah. something you can yep. do? I can do that. How do our re- our listeners um, get that? So I can, um, well, why don't I put something on the website? And okay. um, I'll put a, and I was thinking about that anyway. Um, I have some um, fun workshops on virtual workshops um, that I'm going to be doing specifically for writers using DISC, which is kind of fun. Oh, cool. About this, um, of, of how you can build better characters and, and then how you can pitch better using DISC. So that's kind of a, a fun application of that that probably nobody intended, but I think it works. So um, yeah. Oh, so that's I'm, intriguing. Yeah, yeah, because it's all about people, right? It's all about recognizing the styles and adapting your message to those styles. Oh, so, uh, oh, that made me think of another idea too. Never mind. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll pi- I will pitch my idea to you separately. Because when I pitch it, I want you to say, "Well, of course." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you'll put a, a, a thing on your website. So if yeah. folks just go to your web address. Yeah. Um, it'll be on there. Yeah, I'll put it on the front page, so it'll be easy to find. And you want to tell folks what that, which web address we're going to? Sure, it's www.creativelycentered.com. Okay, and we'll put that in the um, hyperlinks to this podcast, but in case someone's listening and not anywhere where they're reading this, that mm-hmm. way they'll have that. Yeah. Melissa, I want to um, thank you for being a guest. This is really exciting. I really... I love the whole busting through doubt thing because that's kind mm-hmm. of my, I think those sometimes, especially the doubts we put on ourselves are so, yeah, yeah. they're just not necessary yep. um, because the world puts others on us. Yeah, yeah. So the less we can put on the better. And I just love your humor and the way you approach things. So I think that's pretty exciting yeah, as well. Yeah, Cool. Um, and I also want to thank you for having been an assess for success speaker because the content you delivered was really great. So. Oh, it's so much fun and, and spurred me on to um, some fun workshops with uh, Work of Leaders as well. So nice. I'm planning. So yeah, nice. so thanks for having me here and uh, on the summit. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.